Welcome to The Emily Osmond Show. I'm your host, Emily Osmond, an online marketing educator, leader of an incredible global community of female entrepreneurs and a content creator based in Melbourne, Australia. This show is designed to bring you practical strategies and candid real stories of entrepreneurs to help you make marketing, mindset and money your superpowers. Let's get into the show. Today's guest is someone that I've had the absolute pleasure of getting to know over the past more than a year now through my membership, The Modern Marketing Collective. After 20 years as an event manager for a number of high profile organizations, Beck Idians embarked on a nine month journey of really discovering her true calling after she lost both her job and a relationship that ended in a matter of two days. Quite brutal. Through this journey, Beck lent on previous experiences of actually stepping outside her comfort zone with intention, along with focusing on her passion, which is connecting with children to help her gain that strength to transform her career. Beck proudly founded Lemonade Kids, and she was the first licensee in Brisbane, Australia, to deliver standing strong wellness programs for girls and boys aged 5 to 16 years. The programs provide a holistic approach to health and well-being, and Beck helps kids and teenagers to feel resilient and empowered in a supportive, uplifting, and fun environment. And I was like, sign me up because I need this for my life too. Since launching in April 2020, in the peak of COVID-19 lockdown, mind you, Beck has been a positive role model to over 650 children, which, oh, that is incredible. And now she has complete joy in her daily work by experiencing firsthand the incredible impact in helping build children's and teenagers' confidence, self-esteem, and resilience. In today's episode, Beck shares her highs and lows across her personal and professional journey, her own encounters of pushing herself outside her comfort zone, including coming third in a 60-kilometer ultra-trail marathon last year, the same year that she launched Lemonade Kids, taking risks, facing challenges, and ultimately encouraging all of us, even if it's just baby steps, in pushing ourselves outside of our comfort zone because she knows firsthand that when we do this, extraordinary things can happen. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Beck. I've been really excited. I've really just loved being just a small part of your business evolution and journey over the past. How long has it been now? A year or something? Yeah, so I've been a member of the Modern Marketing Collective for about a year and a half now. But yeah, it has been just over a year since I launched Lemonade Kids and held the first workshops and term programs. So yeah, feels like it's gone forever, but it's gone really quickly at the same time. Yes. And you launched and then COVID. Yeah. I was planning to launch and I had workshops, I had some bookings that had come in from my workshops in the Easter school holidays and literally COVID, we all went into lockdown, I think a week and a half prior to the first workshop and I was like, oh, good Lord, what now? (laughs) (laughs) As everyone in the whole world was reacting the same way. So it was a nine-month process of planning, creating Lemonade Kids, coming up with this concept, having lots of research, lots of discussions, lots of just working through that process of what Lemonade Kids is going to look and feel like. And then once it all came together to then do my training with Standing Strong because Lemonade Kids is a licensee for the Standing Strong program. And Standing Strong is a wellbeing program for girls and boys aged 5 to 16 years. And we do wellbeing programs and the concept is based around these three components. It's holistic in its approach and three components of strong body, strong mind and strong heart. So every workshop or every class that we're doing is focusing on exercise and movement for strong body and for strong mind we do a different personal growth topic every single class or if you come to a workshop we would cover three different topics and we've got like over 30 different topics 
that we can pick and choose from. And strong heart is the mindfulness component, which is like my favorite part because it's towards the end of the class or the workshop and all the kids will either do breathing techniques or meditation. It's all about mindfulness, strong heart. And so they feel like when they leave the workshop, they're quite all class, they're quite zen-like, but really feeling motivated and empowered and inspired and lots of smiles when they all leave, oh, which is lovely. So amazing back. And I'm like, can I come to one of these? Oh, you know what? <laughs> I get asked this all of the times so when I'm talking to parents and they ring me up and they're like, I've heard about Lemonade Kids. I've been recommended <laughs> to give you a call. What is this all about? And then I explain it and they're like, oh, so do you do this for adults? <laughs> yeah. We I'm like, I wish, <laughs> I wish. It's really funny because a good friend of mine, she's a school teacher and so for the school holiday workshops, she actually comes and assists with the workshops and she'll leave and she'll come back to my place and she'll be like, oh my God, Beck, I needed to learn about that today. She has been having some struggles in relation to not being by herself and if she's hanging out at home, not to say drinking wine or getting distracted or going out or anything like that. And we did a topic in the last school holiday workshop and it was being alone versus loneliness and what the difference is. And the kids, it resonates with the kids, but it really resonates with adults alike as well. So she's been actively practicing being at home, having bars, practicing self-care, watching (laughs) and not drinking any wine, not having to go out and being socially active and all that side of things. So yes, lots of adults, lots of parents are like, oh my gosh, where was this when I was growing up? And yeah. (laughs) Oh, Beck, so powerful. And how brilliant to have kids learning all these skills and awareness and understanding and a different way of approaching life and thinking about life too. Yeah. And the thing that I love about the programs is like, I was thinking about it this morning more so. And again, like the thing I love about the programs that is it's group based and it's child led. I am really there holding space. So I will select all of the topics. Let's talk about the term, for example, and I select the topics, but then we get to strong mind, the component of strong mind, which is the middle section. And I'm just asking them questions and I throw it over to them and I'm like, what does self-awareness mean to you? And they're like, oh, and the answers, they have to think about it and they come back to me with their answers and then they are then feeding off all of the other children in the class and going, oh, but I, yeah, I agree with that, but I think it's also this and what about this? So, And then I'm like, how does it make you feel and what experiences have you had with this? Funny enough, the topic for the last week, M, has been what is coming comfort zone so I've been (laughs) you're like well I can tell you about this (laughs) yeah I'm like oh my gosh I am so passionate about this particular topic because it resonates with me so so much but the amazing thing with the strong mind component is that it's group-led I'm holding space and the girls and the boys get to talk about their own ideas their own experiences their own thoughts and their own feelings and that in itself is so powerful being able to just be in a safe space where they can just feel free there's no judgment there's no right or wrong answers and it's so supportive I have a a teenager class every Thursday afternoon so I've got it this afternoon and I had a new girl come in she trialed the class last week And she was so nervous because she's moved house. She's having a new school. She's really struggling to make new friends. And the friends that she's making, they're just not really letting her in. And she's just really struggling. And mum rang me and she was like, please, Beck, can you help her? And I said, get her to come to Standing Strong. Come to Lemonade Kids. Do the Standing Strong program. And I was explaining to her in front of the other girls. There's about 15 girls in the class between the ages of 10 and 16 in this particular class. And I said, Daisy, this is what this is all about. We do these three components. And one of the girls, Lily, she has been in the program for over nine months now. She has come every term and she just loves it. She's a little bit older and she just went forward and she was like, you just feel safe. You just feel so safe and you can just be yourself and we can talk about everything and anything. And Daisy goes, so it's kind of like a human journal like a diary and I was like yes yes it is 
Yes. Oh. Like when you are writing and journaling and if anybody is out there that does that, like it's such a release. And it really is, isn't it? It really oh. is. It's so important so simple, if you can. So simple, isn't it? But it's so just, simple. Why don't I do this more? So effective. So to be able to come to these classes and then experience that with girls that you might form these friendships and some of them might not form close friendships but there's this respect there's a mutual respect they all are looking out for each other they're all supporting each other we do cover some really challenging topics like bullying or body image and that can sometimes just be tough for the girls to talk about and there are some girls that do get quite overwhelmed throughout the class and I just sit there and all the other girls go to them and they'll sit next to them, they'll give them, you know, rub their back and it then encourages them rather than bottling up, it actually encourages them to speak more. It's just phenomenal. Like it's just the most amazing thing that I've ever done in making the decision to start Lemonade Kids and align myself with Standing Strong and have the opportunity to, on a weekly basis, just be making a difference to the children, but also to their families. Yeah, it's amazing. So you spoke about like the topic being comfort zone. And I want to ask you around how has this been a theme in your life? And also how did getting outside of your comfort zone and challenging yourself, how did that lead to the business that you run today? So absolutely. So I'm going to talk about sort of like a defining moment in my life, if I can, for a moment. And and there's this line in the sand and it's the last week of July 2019 and there's pre that time and post that time. And pre-July 2019, I actually had a really successful career as an event manager. I loved events and I loved sport. So I actually combined both of them and did sport tourism management. And my motivation with that was to be involved in creating these memorable wow experiences for people. And I was really fortunate that I got to work with some remarkable people in a number of sporting organisations. And we were delivering like world-class events. I got to work with the Gold Coast Marathon, the Gold Coast Titans in their earlier days, Queensland Firebirds. And I went to uni in Lismore and I did sport tourism management and then I went to the Gold Coast. And whilst I was working for this small company called Sports Stage Events, Scotty Barry, uh, he just makes my heart well, like every time, uh, like he's just such a mentor and he still is such a cheerleader for me. I got to travel around Australia doing the Australian Beach Volleyball Tour for like three summers. And with him, we got to do these amazing media stunts as well around the Formula One in Melbourne with Michael Schumacher. I know. Oh, my gosh. How I know. amazing. I know. It was phenomenal. It was a rugby game, if anything, what we did with Michael Schumacher. Like we got some of the ex-Wallabies and then we got Michael Schumacher and the other driver at the time I think was... Oh, I'm going to be crucified for this, but Philip Massa, I think it was. But I was just like, Michael Schumacher, oh, my gosh, he's in the house. But the following year we did it with Lewis Hamilton and I was just incredibly blessed to work with some powerhouses in the event industry and they really encouraged me to explore my boundaries to with what I could learn from them. They were like really, really encouraged me to make sure that I was a sponge and offloaded as much information as possible. But at the same time they were really pushing my comfort like getting me outside my comfort zone as much as they could in in those particular jobs I then for the last five years of my career in events I worked with a small marketing and events company in Brisbane and our main focus was actually delivering exhibitions which is a very different style of event for me compared to sport but we did exhibitions and I I didn't necessarily feel as passionate about that. But the main thing I loved about that journey with Major League Marketing, it was called, was that we were a small company of four. There was only four on the team. And we were like this really close-knit family. And it just meant the world to me to have that. And my boss, Jason, really allowed me to become heavily involved with the business side of things around each of the events. So the concept building of the events, the marketing, the sales, the administration, the budgeting, the operations, every single aspect of the exhibitions that we were building, he would 
bring me in and I was sort of like his right hand woman in a sense. It was really awesome and really I was really grateful for that experience. And he would always say that when we are creating a new event, it was like creating a new business every single time. (laughs) So it was actually quite a hard slog and we got to experience it as a team and it was always very collaborative. Jason always held space for us to be heard, to share our ideas and was exceptional at validating these ideas and our experiences we had on the journey together. But through this working with Jason, it really opened my eyes to the hard work. Like I knew small business was hard work, but the stresses involved, the support required and just the tenacity that you needed to run a small business. So true, isn't it? It doesn't just happen. It really just needs to that ongoing nurturing and effort. It really is. And as a team and because we were so involved with every element of building those events and working so closely with Jason. I was really exposed to the truth of how challenging it was because we got to share the highs of the successful wins, but it was also that we endured the lows and the struggles when the events didn't quite go to plan and there were some events that happened with, unfortunately. And that was really tough and there were many learnings that I personally and professionally took away from these experiences. Funny enough, one of those learnings, I thought, was me vowing never to start my own business. <laughs> You're like, this is way not something I'm going to be doing. <laughs> yeah, this is not for me. This is way too hard. I was, enjoy, you know, a weekly salary, yep, tick, like a weekly wage and just the stress I could really, you could see it, you could feel it at times. I just didn't think I had the courage to get that far out of my comfort zone. That was the thing. I didn't think I could get outside my comfort zone and stay outside my comfort zone. Did you have proof of that in the past? Because I think sometimes we can have these fears but when we look and we think well is this true do I have any proof of this because you were thinking you know what I don't think I could I could get that far out of my comfort zone and stay there and sometimes it's like well what if we just tried that what would happen and I know that that ended up happening with you, whether you kind of realised at the time or not. Well, yes, that's exactly what happened. It was like my career going nice and steadily, successful. My personal relationships and my love life was so far from the truth. It was really quite different. I, I actually have had a number of relationships and I don't know anybody else has had as many relationships as I have and it wasn't for the lack of trying I just think I really wore my heart on my sleeve and I had that like all right this is all in and we've you know we're going to take it and there were a number of relationships that ended on my term and not so on my term but at the end of the day it just sort of sucked really and (laughs) one way that personally I dealt with those relationships and in because you lose your confidence, your self-worth, you're questioning so many things personally about yourself and you're just like, why can't I get this right? Like you're seeing it all around you and you're just like, okay, cool. And the thing I hated most about it was that it was out of my control. Like the emotional roller coaster was out of my control. And so one way that I took back that control was actually pushing myself out of my comfort zone and planning these massive adventures or doing things that were a little bit, you know, not for everyone, let's say. And because I had a number of relationships, then that also meant I had a lot of adventures as well. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Beck, it was that made you respond to those relationship breakdowns in that way? Because not everyone would and not everyone does. Why do you think that was your way to, I guess, look after yourself once the relationship finished? to then think, you know what, let's find a great personal challenge for you. Why do you think that was? I think I had sort of tried it once. Like I went overseas. I spent a month in Egypt after a breakup and there was a lot of time thinking out in the desert, yes, <laughs> as you do. Yes, or, like, I've been there, I know. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> after those experiences, you just come away with so much personal growth. Like I was the eldest of four. I went to a really small school in Goolagong country, New South Wales. There was 30 kids. I was the only one in year six. So I had this responsibility of looking after everyone. So I always have had this nurturing aspect about me and it also resonated with me. I was like, I, I need to nurture myself. I needed to make sure I'm taking care of myself. But I don't know what it was. I just, I, I have always loved adventure, getting out of my 
I guess, comfort zone in that sense of growing up in a small town, but then like there's this bigger picture out there. I think that was also part of that as well. Growing up on a farm and mum's always like, get out of the house and, you know, we're making canoes and building cubby houses and charming clees and whatnot. Like I always had that sense of adventure, even though it was quite, I loved to study and I was never going to work on the farm. That was never going to be a thing. So once that happened after relationship, after relationship breaking down, I just, I don't know, it just automatically was like, okay, cool. You need to pick yourself up. You need to bring some control back into what's going on and focus on something that's going to be productive and rather than wallow in your self-pity. So what's it going to be, Beck? And I would just pick and choose things. So yeah, some of those things was, you know, going skydiving. I used to have really long hair down towards my backside. And then after a breakup, I went into the hairdresser and said, do a pixie haircut. And they were like, what? I said, cut it all off. My boyfriend wouldn't let me cut it off, cut it off. And I don't want it like Bob, I want a pixie cut. And he was like, okay. And it looked amazing in my, I'm actually still really good friends with this fellow. And he was like, saw me afterwards. He was like, damn. But Beck, that takes such strength to say, I'm going to find something that I know will help me have that personal growth. It really does take strength to kind of switch into that and to say, let's now find something. And maybe it's a distraction like you kind of alluded to, I think, but something that felt productive and useful and worthwhile to you really does take some strength to then move your focus to that. Yeah, it does. And I encourage anyone that's in that situation when you are going through the tough times. And I guess this this is how it connects to what I'm doing now with Lemonade Kids is that there's always a positive. This actually is one of my sayings from events is that there's always a solution to the problem. It's the way that you go about it that can make the difference. And I would bring that into myself personally when there was a problem happening in myself and I'd be like, okay, well, you can either go down this path or you can work out the solution. It's the way you go about it, Beck, that will make the difference. So that's always resonated within me and that's, yeah, how it sort of come about. And And I know you had that line in the sand moment, which was that date. And before then, you know, pretty pretty great career you were in a relationship what happened on that date oh gosh (laughs) so yeah so we actually had finished one of the big exhibitions the largest exhibition that we had for the year and and you must have been exhausted oh so exhausted you work like 120 hours for that week you're three days on site 16 hours you're a walking talking problem solving machine for like you've got to be on right just so you have to be on and I got home on the last night and I was just exhausted and I walked in the door and I hadn't even had my handbag down or my bag down and my partner goes babe we need to talk I can't do this anymore And in my head, I was like, I have bright red lipstick on that I've had on all day. It's going to be looking terrible. This needs to be fixed up for this conversation. I said, one moment, I put my bag down, walked to the bathroom, put like wiped it off with makeup wipes, looked myself in the mirror and I was like, you've been solving problems all week. Just go out there and sort it out and get it done. And anyway, it didn't quite go to how I wanted it to. So he did leave that night and I had half a stale crumpet and a beer and (laughs) rang my sister, my best friend, and I was like, oh, my God. Um, So that had happened. So that was obviously a bit devastating. And then two days later I had organised a coffee catch-up with us girls and we usually do that and we usually it would be a debrief post-event. So we were there and he just turns around. He said, girls, there's no easy way to say this, but I'm going to close my business in a month's time. And I was like, (laughs) I laughed, nervous laugh, Beck, and was like, why is everyone breaking up with me? (laughs) What is going on? And I went and had lunch with one of my best friends that day. And I called her. She was working in the city. She said, come have lunch with me and we'll have a glass of wine or a shot of tequila. (laughs) Um, So I went and had lunch with her. And I remember having a very clear conversation. One of the things that she said to me, she was like, well, what are you going to do now with work? Like, you know, don't worry about the ex. He can, he's long gone. But what are you going to do with work? You kind of need to work that out. And I said, I really don't know. I have no idea. And she said, okay, 
I need you to think about three non-negotiables. What are they going to be? Have a think about that. Take some time. Have a think about that. And they can sort of, you know, form what you want to do. And I was like, I already know. Actually, I already know. Hang And she was like, oh, that was quick. A, I want to be making a difference. I need to be giving back and making a difference. I'm such a giver. I have always been told that I give a lot. And for me personally, when I do give, I know that I'm filling other other people's cups up and in turn it fills my cup up. It gives fulfillment, (laughs) doesn't it? I often feel I've been in jobs that I didn't feel like I was really having that contribution or impact and it just left me feeling a little empty. And I think different people have different needs from work, but perhaps we're similar in that sense. For us, work feels fulfilling when we feel as though we're we're having some sort of impact for other people. Definitely, definitely. And that also extended on, like I had been volunteering for the last four and a half years with Radio Lollipop, which is a volunteer organisation out of the Queensland Children's Hospital. And we volunteer once a week and that's providing care, comfort and play to the children and their families. So I knew that one of the non-negotiables was that I needed to be giving back and making a difference. And I wanted to be working directly in the community. I had grown up in, you know, Goolagong, eight streets. You knew everybody in town, everyone knew your name. And I then moved away from there, went to Lismore, Gold Coast, Brisbane. And that sense of community for me had disappeared in that sense of knowing who was who down the street and whatnot. So working directly in the community and giving back. And I didn't want to be working in front of my laptop 40 hours a week, which is funny because I am doing that a lot more now. But it was when I said that, I was like, I don't want to be working in front of a laptop. That actually extended from me wanting to be working and just having that face-to-face time with people on a more regular basis and not just being locked away in an office, tapping away, being a keyboard warrior. That was no longer going to be for me. And that sort of stemmed from when I actually went to South Africa with my mum, which when travelling with my mum put me out of my comfort zone in itself. I'd never (laughs) done that before. I was like, oh, gosh, mum, do you think we can do this? There was a couple of rocky moments and she had to go one way and I had to go hike a mountain. She went on a bus and I was like, come back and whatnot. But we volunteered at this Endangered Species Centre And I just saw how passionate the people there working there and being outdoors and whatnot. So then coming back to an office environment, I was just like, I don't want to be on a laptop all the time. So giving back, working directly in the community and I guess that face-to-face interaction connection is what the key word is that I'm looking for there is that I wanted to be connected as well. So, but at that point in time, having lunch and having a glass of wine, I didn't know what that looked like. And it was by chance, by complete chance, a couple of weeks later that I was just looking on Seek, looking for a job, obviously. And I did this broad search. And the first thing that popped up was a company looking for a facilitator to run girls' wellbeing workshops in Brisbane. And I just knew right then, that's a core moment for me. I was at work and I looked to the girls and I was like, oh my God, I have found, I found it. I know what I want to do. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So it still hadn't said that I'd be running my own business, mind you. Like I knew I wanted to combine my love of creating these memorable experiences from events and combining my passion in forming connections with children that I had been doing on, on and off over my career. But it all made sense that it was all going to be an aim of making a difference in my local community. So it was really crystal clear then that that's what my calling, that's what I wanted to do. And it just was so clear in my mind. Yeah. So I want to zoom forward to now you've been running Lemonade Kids for about a year. Yeah. What has that been like for you? What has that felt like? And perhaps what have been some of the challenges that you may not have considered or expected from the start the biggest challenge that I have had is coming from working in a team environment to just working by myself now has been a massive difference and it's been a struggle for me to find that balance of not caving in a sense and just keeping on going and I'm such an ideas person when you work in events in particular like you're always brainstorming ideas like (laughs) 
the company that I used to work for, they used to put actually put in two hours of no talk time at the start of the morning so he could just be productive because <laughs> I would be always turning around going, oh, I've got an idea. What do you think about this? Oh, I've got an idea. What do you think? And they're like, yeah, yeah. So for me to not do that anymore and those that do know me and who have worked with me will probably be like how are you even surviving that because that's what I was like all the time yeah, yeah. so that's been a struggle but it's been a good learning experience it really has pushed me out of my comfort zone doing this by myself and not having a team to support you and that you have to back yourself every single decision you make you have to back yourself and the biggest learning for sure for me is trying to take that fear away of overthinking things and and moving forward and trial and error and if it doesn't quite work then it's not the end of the world just okay let's pivot and turn what's going to work this direction and that side of things and that's been across the whole company like from whether it's marketing or if I'm sitting inside a class and I've got all of these kids around me that if there are some kids that are not quite you know behaving as calmly as you would like them to be like you have to pivot and turn yeah that's really really cool how you can see that happening both inside the things that you offer in your business and then with the business itself and just knowing that things aren't going to go by step to the perfect plan that's just not going to happen and knowing that that doesn't mean it's broken it's just a matter of okay that didn't work so well let's look at another way and yours it sounds like you're just such a great solution finder too but I understand what you're saying around it's almost that sense of loneliness because we don't have peers. We don't have those colleagues that you're on the same level with because we have our clients and that's the different relationship versus those people that were, you know, you're all in it together. You have those, you can bitch about these things or you can have those celebrations together. You go through those challenges together and, and all that type of thing. Whereas when you go out and into your business, you're kind of looking around like, who do I talk to about this stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I am really pleased to say, if I could just say like over these last six months in particular in kind of aligning things and working through things and starting my own business, which obviously has pushed me out of my comfort zone. Last year also, I decided to do a 60 kilometer ultra trail marathon on the side, mind you. And But things just started lining up and I also have met this wonderful, wonderful man, Matt, and he works fortunately for me, he works in the well-being space, the wellness space as well. And he's owned his business for 15 years. But he does kindly remind me when I'm like having these mild panic attacks every second day, he's like, oh, Beck, just FYI, this it doesn't actually get any easier. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool, cool. I've got this. I've got this. He's like, you got this. Or like, I'll be awake from like 4am to 6am thinking of all these ideas. And then I'll be just staring at him, just willing him to wake up. And then he wakes up. I'm like, so I've got this idea. What do you think about this? And blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh, my good Lord, Beth. <laughs> but coming down to when you are running your own business and you are trying to forge the path of a solo entrepreneur, that it is a challenge and you've got to have your own back as well. And I think one of the other key factors for me initially is that it was such a transformation like I'd been working on events and then I was like oh no I'm going to get into the wellness space now and I'm going to start working full-time with kids and one of my greatest fears is that I initially had this imposter syndrome of like I thought how would a parent trust me or want to trust me without having these years of experience in this industry or a clinical qualification because the programs that I deliver are non-clinical but they do support people that are suffering from anxiety or depression or having friendship changes or body image but I'm not there to diagnose and I'm not there to individually treat people. It's a non-clinical program, but parents, when it comes to their kids and their well-being, they're just like, oh my gosh, this is so different. You need to fix them. And I'm like, that sort of thing. So I felt like that was a bit of a challenge for me initially of how was I going to overcome this imposter syndrome of like, oh, here I am, come trust me, book your kids in with me. But 
at the end of the day, I thought, you know what, you can't let this fear overtake you back because if you did, this is not going to work at all, eh? Yes, it won't happen, will it? It won't happen, but I just made the decision to be completely transparent with parents when they did ask me questions and that honesty and that trust and comes through my discussions with them and I just love connecting with kids and and once you are in my class, once a child walks into the class, then it's a whole different ball game. Like I've had kids outside the class that will be crying, they don't want to go and it takes, you know, one of the mentors and or myself like 10 or 15 minutes for them to come into the class and one girl in particular over the school holidays came in, she came in with a sister and she was a little bit older. She was in a junior's class, but she was 10 and that class is 7 to 10. So she was like, oh, these are all too many young kids. And she was just really overwhelmed and whatnot. But by the time she left, she was completely transformed. She was joking around. She was laughing. She and her sister are now in the term program. And the first class that they had, some new girls in the term class, and they both turned around. They were like, this is the best. That You will be so happy here. This is the best place. It is way better than school. Everyone says that. <laughs> yeah. Way better than school. I can imagine it would be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, cool. That's good because it's not school. <laughs> because the other thing is it sounds like you're not talking to them. Mm. It's actually that discussion together, which is so powerful, isn't it? Yes, it really is. Yeah. So just, yeah. What's your advice, Beck, when it comes to other people that – just get stuck with taking action because it does feel scary and it just feels too scary and and outside of that comfort zone. What do you say to other people? First and foremost, just take baby steps. Like if it's too much but you know that you want to make change within yourself, then just take baby steps. Really try and get clear in your mind to what you're wanting to do like as soon as you're clear in your mind whether you write that down or whether you tell somebody about it just get really clear in your mind with what you're wanting to do or if you don't know exactly like I did I didn't know what I wanted to do but I knew what that felt like what that looked like and I thought you only have one life just make it just follow your gut and do what you actually really want to do but taking little baby steps along the way and just keep going one foot in front of the other. I know from my experiences doing my ultra marathons, as soon as you, like I started running and I was like, I'm going to do a half marathon. And I was like, thought it was the biggest thing ever. It is, isn't it? Surely that's the biggest thing ever. To someone that's never done anything. Oh my gosh. I know. Do you know what? I wanted to speak because Samantha Gash, she's an ultra marathon runner. And I saw her speak at a conference and I had just gotten back from hiking 10 days in Nepal around the Annapurna circuit, which was, again, life-changing. There were so many life aha moments in that trip as well. But I came back and I saw her speak and it resonated with me because her message is really similar to me. Like once you do get outside your comfort zone, it really helps you to build this resilience and this confidence within yourself to take another step forward and to build upon that. So I had already wanted to start getting into running again, did a half marathon, thought it was the longest thing, the hardest thing in the world. And then off the back of that and my love for being out in the bush and trails and whatnot, I was like, okay, I'll try this trail running business. So I did a 30-kilometre trail running race and I remember finishing that race and I screamed like a wild banshee this euphoria overtook me down the finish line and I was screaming out I did it I did it I did it like the whole way everyone was cheering laughing at me because I was (laughs) screaming and high-fiving and I just didn't care I just actually didn't care what anyone thought or saw whatever else and I crossed the finish line and that then stemmed on to 12 months later the breakup, work finishing, wanting to do something, I thought, you know what, I still wanted to physically push myself. And so I was like, I'm going to do a 60 kilometer race. Because I just remember that feeling of euphoria. So taking baby steps, like taking little baby steps and appreciating the feeling of the successes, taking the small wins away with you and letting them grow upon it. 
Mind you, I think I'm getting a little bit beyond my capacity. I have re-entered the 60-kilometer race again wow. this year. I got third, by the way. Somehow got third, third last year. I know. What? <laughs> I know. All the kids, I, I'm just all about, oh, I finished the 60-kilometer race. And the kids are like, oh, did you win? I was like, <laughs> oh, no, but I got third. And they're like, what? Oh and I was like, well, God. I guess that's a pretty big achievement, getting third in a 60-kilometer race with these amazing ultra marathon runners but I've also entered for this year 100 kilometers so I'm going to I wanted to do 100 kilometers before I turn 40 which is next year so and then I think I'm going to be kind of done I don't reckon you will be I don't know I don't know everyone keeps saying that (laughs) but baby steps having your support network around you is a must that's what I reckon when we're solo business owners and really any business owners but you don't have those colleagues team members so much just making sure that we if it's important to us and we feel there's a void there to really pursue those friendships those business friendships and that's been invaluable for me to have those people that you can just bounce off with ideas and challenges and you know that they're they're there to support you yeah I signed up to the modern marketing collective really in the early days like I hadn't even launched I hadn't even discovered standing strong at this point in time because the ad I saw was for a different company and for a couple of different reasons I didn't go down that path but I hadn't even discovered standing strong when I first did your webinar and I was like okay this is amazing I need to be surrounding myself with like-minded people and signed up well before I even you know launched as such so the other thing like is if you can doing something with a friend like or finding a partner that you trust that you could do it with I've had a couple of people approach me to wanted to collaborate and it's been a bit tricky because I haven't known them but then there's been other people that I'm like no we connect that's okay let's collaborate and do this side of things you can make it fun can't it yeah yeah absolutely definitely reflecting oh my gosh reflection sort of drives me remembering those moments of those small wins how did it feel what did it taste like even like what were your thought patterns as well and really kind of identifying with them and the biggest thing is to remember to actually come back to your comfort zone. Some of these things have actually been what I've been teaching the kids over the last week because that topic was what we are covering, is come back to your comfort zone and take the time to relax and reflect upon it and, you know, self-care and not continually pushing yourself. Like I'm not encouraging people to go out and go, okay, you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to like bam, bam, bam all the time, even though that's my sort of, nature in a sense (laughs) but it's really important to come back to your comfort zone and relax so Beck, when it comes to the marketing of your business (laughs) what have been some of the things that you found worked really well or what have been some of the the biggest learnings that you've had as you've been really going through the last year or so as being a business owner and experimenting with different things, what would you say to the listeners in terms of what you found have worked quite well for you in terms of growing the business and the marketing side of things? The marketing for me, there's been a mix of things that I have been doing with my marketing strategies and my plans. And digital has been a big space for me in particular. Instagram, I'm still trying to be as consistent as I possibly can but consistency with marketing a is the biggest thing regardless whether it's digital whether you're handing out flyers whether you're knocking on doors whether you're putting posters up in the local community sending out media releases and collaborating with different people here in the community that's going to cross promote what I do I've done that with the local councillor in particular when I first started which worked really really well when we're all in lockdown I approached her and I said oh we're all in lockdown and this is the program that I have and she was like oh I want to be a part of it let's run some free online workshops for the girls I was just doing the girls program at the time so that worked really really effectively so then when we went to -to face-to-face I then had quite a good database to promote to the biggest thing for me at the moment that I'm learning is providing value I think initially for me because I hadn't been in the industry for so long, was that people aren't going to listen to what I have to say. They don't know me. They're not going to listen to what I say. So a lot of my advertising and a lot of my content was more just promoting 
the workshops and it was just more promotion opposed to providing value. And over the last few months in particular, I have transitioned and like have actually really started to enjoy providing that value. My e-newsletters are more value-based content and I can see that the open rate and the click rate and the free downloads and that side of things is now really kicking in. The other, and I don't know how it happens and I love it so much, is just the word of mouth. I don't know. (laughs) It's the best. isn't it it's so good like do you know what like it blows my mind it makes me feel so proud when I was at a Mother's Day brunch a couple of weeks ago that I was supporting and I donated a term program to the raffle and I saw the lady who won it and I went up and introduced myself and she was like oh my gosh hi Beck she was like oh I've been like I know all about you I actually wanted my boy to do your programs it just wasn't right the right time and I've gone like there's like a little community running group around here that I join in sometimes I'm like oh hi I'm Beck and they're like oh what do you do and I say oh I run Lemonade Kids and like oh we've heard all about you and I'm like oh my god you've heard of me How brilliant. And that momentum too, that just starts happening. It really does. I get a lot of phone calls from parents of like, my sister-in-law has told me I need to call you or my local guidance counsellor at the school has said you need to get in touch and that side of thing. So it's all coming from different facets. But consistency, providing value has been the biggest learning for me with my marketing. And just... I think one of your things that you say is connection over perfection and that's really true and I've been sort of using that mentality with my marketing in particular. What's that looked like for you? What's an example of perhaps when you're like, you know what, that's fine, it might not be absolutely 100% perfect but this is going to work. Definitely like Instagram stories. Yes. (laughs) Doing more video content has been more like that, connection over perfection, and also reaching out to more people that are actually in the industry and wanting to collab, like me putting myself out there to them. And that's what I was going to say back, actually, because you spoke about there's all these kind of things happening, but it's because you've put yourself out there. It's because you approached that counsellor, you did those flyers, you you actively been using your social media or email marketing it's because of these things that this is happening and so I just want to acknowledge you for that it's just really really impressive so yeah well done yeah I remember like talking about persistence and being consistent like someone took one of the local community posters off the community boards I was like no walk back down there with my hammer (laughs) put it back up I was like if anyone touches it I'm onto you I run this route every day so good you know what I reckon that's a great point to wrap it up yeah thank you it was just an idea perhaps back 18 months ago when you were just exploring things what would be one one word of advice you would give to yourself back then I think the one piece of advice that I would give myself is I know this sounds very cliche is just don't hold back and just do it There's been a lot of risk involved in doing what I'm doing in relation to finances and putting myself out there in an industry that I'm not known in. But like, I'm so proud of myself because as soon as I saw what it looked like, what I wanted to do and what I looked like, and I had that moment of clarity, I just was like, this is it. I'm chasing you down. I'm chasing you down and I'm so thrilled that I did because it's been life-changing it's been life-changing for me and it's been life-changing for so many other people as well yeah you're so right you know just to actually take that step towards making it happen when you you didn't have to it could have been like that's too scary how on earth am I going to make that work I don't have it all figured out yet but you just took that step And then he kept going. Yeah, well, like there was a moment of hesitation in that first six months. I worked part-time for another event company because I needed an income as such. And they were asking me to go full-time. And I actually did. I put everything on hold because I thought, you know what, something's not quite right with the track that I was going down with. There were a couple of red flags and I thought, you know what, I know what this looks like and it's not exactly this. I'm going to put a pause on this 
and I went full time with my events, this events company, and I lasted two weeks. And I was like, no, I need to re open up that Pandora's box now before I close it forever. And I went home for Christmas and I remember I'd already been liaising with Standing Strong a little bit, had a couple of phone calls, and then I saw something pop up on Instagram about their licenses opening up for the new year and they were offering additional training, business training and something else. And I said to mum, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it and I need to finish off this year. So literally I applied the 31st of December. I was like, this is it. The last six months I've been working towards this. I did my kids yoga teacher training. I'd been attending positive psychology courses. I had been doing so much research and so much calling people and talking to different companies and different other facilitators in this space. I knew that I didn't have the credentials to just start something myself. I think if you did do that, you needed to have some form of credentials to be able to back it. But I thought the sensible route would be like align myself with a program that you get your training and they are evidence-based and they do have the seven years, they've been operating for seven years of the results already. And so I applied 31st of December. I hit it with my mum was sitting next to me and I'm like, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, hit, done. Isn't it great? I love that end of year kind of, ah, I'm going to make all this stuff happen. It's so good. Yeah. So follow your gut. If you do need to pause, then do pause, go back to your comfort zone, reassess. And then, you know, when you are ready, when you know the time is right, then take the step, but don't hesitate at the same time. Like do it. <laughs> Beck, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with me. It's just been so great to listen to you and to just learn from you and the way that you approach life and making things happen and creating just an incredible life full of adventure and experiences and impact to others. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Emily. I really appreciate it. And hopefully I can inspire and help motivate others out there to follow their true calling. And yeah. Thank you for listening to The Emily Osmond Show, brought to you by my Instagram freebies, which you'll find at emilyosmond.com forward slash free. So please take a few seconds to leave me a review, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, and be sure to take a screenshot of this podcast, upload it to your social media, and tag me at Emily Osmond so I can give you a shout out too. Until next time, remember connection over perfection. You've got this and we'll speak soon.